We welcome you to this edition of the Tuesday People podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. Glad to have you joining us. I'm the author of Tuesdays with Maury, the book upon which this podcast was inspired. Alongside, as always, is Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer. Hi, Lisa. Happy Tuesday, Mitch. The book Tuesdays with Maury begins with a story about a prose. Uh, the last class of my old professor's life took place in a small study where he could watch the pink leaves of a hibiscus plant, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I talked about the class and the meaning of life, etc. The play of Tuesdays with Maury. It was a very successful play. It first opened uh, off-Broadway a few years after the book came out and then has since been performed many, 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 many times, hundreds and hundreds of times, different productions around the world. And one of the appeals of the play, I think, is the way that it starts. The play starts with Maury dancing. And then the character that plays me, comes out and says, this is Maury, I'm paraphrasing, and this is Maury dancing. This is Maury dancing the tango. This is Maury dancing the, and he does a tango. This is Maury dancing the, you know, cha-cha, and he does a cha-cha. And then the Maury character just starts going nuts, wild, and, 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 and the Mitch character says, I don't know what this is. And the play is off and running. Why do I bring that up? Because today's topic is going to be dancing. Not dancing in the instructional way, not dancing in the technical or artistic way, but what it means to dance freely and why so few of us do it. And what Maury seemed to understand about it that I certainly didn't, and I'm sure I'm probably speaking for most of the people who are listening to us, they don't either. Maury absolutely loved to dance. Was he a good dancer? Not particularly. Was he trained? Not a bit. Did he study with anybody? Not that I'm aware of. Did he go for classes or like to go to clubs? Not exactly. Maury liked to go where he could show off. (laughs) Listen to him talk about a place called Dance Free which was in Harvard Square in a reconverted uh, church. Here he is talking to me about that. I remember 20 or more years ago, I used to go to this Dance Free I told you about. Oh, what? Never told you about Dance Free. Dance Free? No. The most joyous thing in my life, almost. No, you never Out of people, used to go every Wednesday night to a church hall. It wasn't free monetarily. You paid money to get in. But you could dance in any way you wanted. By yourself, with another man, with a woman. And there's great music, all these psychedelic lights. I was the oldest guy there. People come up, meet friends of mine, they say, they talk about it. Oh, I remember that guy. He was far out. Huh. And I would go like crazy. I have some pictures. Stills of me dancing, you know, uh-huh. real wild. Uh-huh. That was my fantastic expression. Now, remember, Maury Schwartz was a learned professor of sociology, not of dance, of sociology. <laughs> At the time that he was doing this, he was in his mid to late 50s. So he wasn't a kid, didn't look like the other kids in this place 
walked in and just went crazy. People loved him. People uh, thought it was you know, funny. They embraced him. They said, this is great. And he just enjoyed it. Now, why? Was Maury able to go out there and do something that he was not particularly good at in front of all these strangers and not only not be self-conscious about it, but actually enjoy it? Well, that's sort of the essence of what we're going to talk about today. Dance is a metaphor for our fears. Now, I think this may be true more, Lisa, for guys than for women, but I'm sure it's true for women as well on a degree. Dancing is something that when you're young, and I mean really young, you don't think twice about. Mm -hmm. Knox, who has barged in on our podcast now and then, our young little boy from Haiti who is staying with we us right Knox. now. Yeah. Knox dances all the time. It is nonstop dancing. He's now nine, but he's been dancing since he was two. And Knox su is, is, is suffers from a, 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 a challenge, a physical challenge. He had to have brain surgery when he was one year old, and he has special needs in that department. His arm doesn't function fully correctly. His leg doesn't function fully correctly. If anybody would have some kind of self-conscious reason not to dance, it would be Knox, even as a little kid, when half your body doesn't really respond the way the other half does, right? Never. Ever since he came to us in Haiti at two years old, he has been dancing. He has been, when music plays, he just spins around and jumps. We now have a routine, he and I. This has been going on for a better part of a year because he comes and stays with us on and off when he has to get therapy. So every couple of months, he's up here for a month or, or six weeks. And there's this TV show that he just adores called Lilo and Stitch, which is based mm -hmm. on the movie, but they turned it into a TV episode. And at the very beginning, they have a song where they come out at the, 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 the start of the show. You know, hey, na na, mani na, ona he ohana, samana, come on by, mahala, mahala, ohana, all that, and they do the luau dance. You know, like with the uh -huh. with your arms that go to the right and uh -huh. arms that go to the left. And he and I now have to do this in front of the TV uh -huh. every time we do the the Lilo and Stitch dance. I love that. Now the first time I did it, you know, uh -huh. I have to say, even as a fully grown man, right in front of a kid. I was self-conscious about it. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to dance. But of course, it's for a little boy. You're going to do it. And now I don't think twice about it because we just do it together. Well, what is it that happens to us from those little kids that we were where we can't wait when music plays and we just can't wait to jump up and start dancing around? I'm guessing, Lisa, I didn't know you when you were that age, but I'm guessing that you probably jumped up and down very quickly. I probably did. Yeah. yeah. I was an active little child. So uh, what happened to that active little child, the active little boys and little girls who loved music and jumped around and bounced to it, and to, the, to make us into the adults that when there's dancing at an event or a wedding or something like that, you're like, oh, no, I don't dance, or uh, yeah. it's not my kind of music, or I don't know those dance steps, or, uh, you know, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to get out there. This, 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 this suit is kind of tight, you know. Yeah. I got heels on. I can't. There's a million. There's got to be more excuses why people, that people use not to dance than any excuse for anything, right? Yeah. Why, why is that? What happened to us hmm. from when I we were so you, to now? Well, in my 
I know me, I'm very self-conscious of dancing. I don't know why. Like, I think maybe I don't look as good as I think I do in my head. Mm -hmm. And to bring yet another Seinfeld reference in, there was the episode where Elaine goes and dances at their company Christmas party and everybody's like, what is she doing? You know, and it became like the, you know, the whole city of New York, whenever they'd see Elaine, Uh they would do the... To do the lame Crazy. dance. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, she was dancing like Brick House or something right. like that. So that's how I feel. When I dance, I feel like Elaine dancing in the thing, but I don't know it. You know, right. I'm a very good chair dancer. Like I dance sitting down a lot, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I, I don't know that that's a real place, thing, a chair dancer. Well, but you have <laughs> hit you have hit on inadvertently, and it's funny because we didn't even talk about this before we started no. the podcast. But you have exactly hit on what I'm trying to get across today and what Maury tried to teach me about this, too, because at some point we become less aware of the inner joy and more aware of the outward criticism. Yeah. We become less aware of the inner joy and more aware of the outward criticism. Now, the inner joy that comes from dancing, which I think is an absolute natural phenomenon, I don't think that actually goes away. Want proof? How many of you, you can raise your hand silently when you're listening at home because we're not, no, we're not going to call your name out, but how many of you, when you're in a bathroom or someplace with a mirror and some music is playing and there is no one around, decide to just sort of cut loose? Try a few dance steps, move around, jump around. Yeah? Yes, you? I do. At least Lisa's pointing at herself. Okay. Uh, Every morning in the shower, yeah, I I am a, so next to a chair dancer, I am a really good shower dancer. A shower dancer. I put on um, 70s soul music. That's what I shower to on my Alexa. And and I go go for it in the shower. Not a soul can see me. There you go. So the joy of dancing... (laughs) The, the joy of this, there was a dance studio when I was in college in Boston, same time when I was with Maury, that, uh, or a place that called itself the Joy of Movement, which I always thought was mm. a great name for a, uh, a place, you know? It's like yeah. you could study dance there, you could do other things there. Uh, and you have that joy in the shower dancing around. Other people, it's the Tom Cruise thing when nobody's home and you put on, just take yeah. those old records off the show and everybody starts dancing. So we know that the joy exists, right? We know that we like to do it. It's not something like playing with army men that it just, it, it, you, you, lose your, you lose the fascination right. with it when you get older. Everybody loves to dance. Everybody loves to move. But why is it that we give up on doing it from that young age when it was inside of us to when it moves from the outside to the inside? When do we become mm-hmm. too concerned with outside criticism and we let that overwhelm inner joy? Now, you can see where I'm going with this. Yes. Because it doesn't just apply to dance. Think of the things that you would truly like to do in your life that you don't explore because of a fear of the outside perception. You could think about going back to school. Oh, no, I'm too old to sit in the class. I don't want to be in there with those. All the young kids are going to look at me. So the joy of learning is now overcome by the fear of perception. You might decide, you know what, I'd like to go to a gym and and take a, a certain kind of class, but I look so bad now in shorts 
or in a mm-hmm. body suit or something like that. I, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't want to be standing there in front of, I don't want to do yoga where they have mirrors. Everybody can see me in the mirror. So the yep. desire, the joy of, of, of getting in shape is overwhelmed by the external fear of being judged, right? Yes. I have something to say at the forum or on the Zoom call or in the meeting. I really have a great idea, but I, I don't want to stand up and I have a terrible voice and my voice screeches or my voice is, is too quiet and people can't hear me or I, I wore the wrong thing today and I, I don't want to stand or, up and make a presentation. Yeah, or I might say something stupid, like what if I say it and it's not what if well I stumble? Received? Right. Mm-hmm. So you let the, the joy of expressing thoughts that you have given thought to yeah, and 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 might enhance what you're doing. Be overwhelmed by the way that you're going to be perceived. It can go across the board with getting on a bicycle, going to the beach. How many people I know now? It's astounding to me. We all love the beach. I mean, I guess there's some people out there that just say, I hate the feeling of sand in my shoe. Whatever. Okay, and that's fine. But it's a small percentage. Most <laughs> Who people, are they? <laughs> most people love the beach. Most people love the, yeah. the, the waves in the ocean, whether they go in them or not. They, they love the sand. They love the, the smells. I mean, it, we always associate it with, with great memories when we were kids. I can't tell you how many people I know who will not go to the beach because they do not want to be seen in a bathing suit. Yep, I'm that person. I am. I am that. You're person. that person. You oh, won't yeah. go to the beach because of having to wear a bathing suit. Well, I will go, but boy, you should see how I'm dressed. I when I mean now I've lost a lot of weight since last year, but um, we went to Antigua uh, about a year ago. Very few people in our little resort. It was really a quiet place. Not many people around. Even then, even to then. walk the fifty feet maybe from our hotel room to the you know, ocean front. Right. I would, I have these things called rip skirts. I highly re- recommend them, ladies. It's this skirt thing that Velcro's on that you can wear in the ocean to swim in. So I would put it over my bathing suit and then wear that into the water and swim with my skirt on so that nobody would see me wow. from my waist to my knees. Well, yeah, now, it's, it's I mean, pathetic. At pathetic. least you even went in the water. There are people who won't even get that far, won't even go to the beach, deny themselves the experience of being on the beach because yeah. they just don't want to walk back and forth in a bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. When did we, skirt. I mean, uh-huh. did we ever think, again, as kids, I mean, there are pudgy kids and there are really skinny kids and there are kids who don't look great in a bathing suit and all that, but nobody ever thought about that. They just no, went. Never. So we, again, we allow the outside judgment to take away the inner joy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. 
crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous. This is a this is a terrible development that happens to us for the most part when we are when we hit adolescence. When we hit adolescence, we start to become aware of our bodies and we start to become acutely aware of what other people are thinking of us. Mhm. And from that point forward, we really start to think okay, I'm doing something wrong. I don't oh, want to yeah. be seen like that. I don't want to be out there like that. I don't want somebody to judge me, et cetera. And it's a shame. But we mm-hmm. go through this metamorphosis, and we are never the same after that. Now, what's funny to me is that when we are older, because we all get out of adolescence, when we are older, we're no longer s- subject to adolescence any more than we're subject to childhood. Both phases have passed us by. We're now married. We have kids. We're not in high school. There is no such thing as having to get to class. We don't have to deal with acne. We don't have to worry about who's tall and who's short and, and, and who's got, who hit the growth spurt and who didn't. We're not trying to make football teams or cheerleading squads. We're not comparing grades. We don't have any of the things that went on during adolescence. We don't worry about being cool. We, we, we have our friends. And yet, and yet... The self-consciousness of adolescence stays with us in adulthood much more than the freedom of childhood stays with us in adulthood. Why? We are neither child nor adolescent anymore. So this is my challenge to you, is to say to yourself, wait a minute, I'm afraid to dance because I hit that phase where everybody was afraid to dance. Every guy was afraid to dance. Every girl was self-conscious about how she danced. Girls would only want to dance with other girls. You know, somehow they mm-hmm. felt a, a comfort zone with that, who race out onto the floor with other girls, but never with a guy. We are not those people anymore, just as we're not children anymore. So invent your own paradigm. Invent yeah. your own dance free. Here is uh, Maury talking about how he would play little tricks when he went into this place, uh, even with the music, because they were playing rock and roll music when he came in there. But he decided, after going there for a while, that he would give the place a little taste of the music that he enjoyed. Listen. You could bring a tape of your own. Uh So I brought a tango tape. It freaked them out. Oh, really? Nobody knew how to do the tango. But I found a partner. Were you the only one out there? Just you and your partner? Well, a few, few others tried. Uh-huh. It was great, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you get a round of applause when you were oh, done? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, well, people really thought I was a real far-out guy, you know. Uh-huh. I'd come there with a towel around my neck uh-huh. and my um, leotards. And you were yeah. never embarrassed? Embarrassed? Exhibitionistic. <laughs> That's what it was. The little part of me that was exhibitionistic came out then. So here was Maury inventing his own paradigm for dancing. He wasn't going to be the little kid who just danced at whatever was on the television or whatever music was playing. He wasn't going to be the self-conscious adolescent who didn't want to get out on the dance floor at all. 
He was go- he invented a new paradigm. He was the f- mid fifties guy who went into a place where you could dance any which way you want. Brought his own tape, put right. the music on, started doing a dance that most of them didn't know, and he wasn't great at it. He wasn't some massive tango dancer, but he just did it. And this was a new paradigm that he invented for his dancing. And as he said, I was exhibitionistic. He was the opposite of embarrassed. He was like almost showing off. Now, Maury was not a show off in his personality. That wasn't who he was as a person. But in this particular area, he said, why not? And I am challenging you to find something that you have been telling yourself, oh, I can't do that. I'm too fill in the blank for that. Old, fat slow, past my time, uh, the people there are not like me, it's not my thing, I don't get it anymore. Mm -hmm. Challenge yourself in any of those areas and force yourself out onto the proverbial dance floor. Maybe it is a real dance floor. Maybe it really is dancing. And stop thinking about what other people are thinking of you. When you go out on a dance floor, now, as an adult, do you really look at other people and judge them? Or do you mainly look at other people and say, they're better than I am? Oh, that guy can dance. Oh, man, I wish I could dance like that. That guy can dance. I wish I could dance like that. But when you see somebody who isn't a great dancer, do you ridicule them? Does your first thought is, ah, look at that guy, he's terrible? Or, or do you, does it maybe even give you a little comfort, like, oh, good, there's someone else out there. That's, I'm, not, I'm probably not as bad as that. But how much time do you really spend looking at them? And certainly you don't spend any time commenting on them. So why are yeah. you worried about when you go out there? What do you think? Everybody's just waiting for you to go out so they can comment on you. And when you finally do go out in the dance floor, my wife will, will drag me out there now and then if we're at a wedding or things like that. Okay, we'll go. And then it's like, you know what? Nobody cares. Nobody's watching me. This wasn't that bad. And then I sort of enjoy it because I'm very musical and I, I like, you know, beats and moving to the beats and all that. I create music and all that. But I've always been kind of self-conscious about the dancing for the same reasons as everybody else. (laughs) So I need to listen to myself, and I am listening to myself, but I haven't been that way in a lot of other things. I have forced myself to sort of take those chances in other areas, and that's what I'm challenging our listeners to do today. Yeah, I feel that, you know, um, I think there's a little self-conscious... Well, I mean, like I said before, there's this self-consciousness. What I do... When I'm at a wedding and stuff, the one thing I do is I admire how brave people are to be out there. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I was brave enough. But why that's, do you even think of it as brave? I don't know. I don't know. because And, and you're right. Nobody's looking at me. Everybody right. is worried about themselves or everybody's just thinking about themselves or just thinking about how happy they are. No one's looking at me. But you know what I think it stems? You said something earlier, and I think it stems from, this is going to sound weird, high school gym class. I think that's when it all started. <laughs> and I mean like locker room. You know what I mean? I was never, I never thought about my body until I had to see other girls' bodies in mm. like putting on gym clothes, you uh-huh. know? And from that point forward, it all went down the tubes. Like, I have been completely nervous of my own right. body but you see, since then. I would ask you the same question that I just asked our audience a couple minutes ago. Are you still in gym class? No. Are not you at still all. in high school? No, but can so I tell you? So, <laughs> why does that, of all your memories, why are you still living like you are in high school? First of all, still going out to dance, nobody's asking you to go take your clothes off or, or change no. it to gym clothes. <laughs> it's not even a close parallel example. No. It's, but it, it's a self-consciousness. There's, a, there's something about right. that. that You are afraid I mean, of being judged. Yeah. 
playing softball. Um, it all, it like you're saying, all the things that would be probably be fun. Right. You know, I don't want to watch. I want somebody to watch me throw, but I really like tossing a ball back and forth with somebody as long as nobody judges me. Right. Playing tennis, same thing. Um, it go you go on and on. And well, on. you are it, you it are just perfect for this this show I, because you are just a <laughs> basket a of phobias here, and and, and yet you want to do all these things. Here. There's so much <laughs> yeah. enjoyment that all those things that you mentioned are so enjoyable, and they're exactly the kind of thing. So so that's really the yeah. theme today is what is your dancing? What what is the dancing to you? What it may not actually be dancing. You may actually like dancing, but it's other things. What is the thing you're holding yourself back from? and allowing what you fear is going to be judgment to keep you from doing something that will be fun. What are you allowing the outside echo to prevent you from having the inside joy? That feeling of inside joy, that feeling when you, when you're, when you are in front of the mirror and you're dancing and you actually make a good little move or something like that, and you have that great feeling like, wow, I look, that looked good. That was fun. Yeah, I got a little move. That was fun. That feeling that you have inside, why are you holding back on that? And what can you do to challenge yourself to go forward with it and not be self-conscious about it? Not be self-conscious about it. Because, yeah. <laughs> because you are missing out on a lot. You're missing out yeah. on a lot. And uh, I think that I think that there's a couple things at work, and then I want to I share something with you, another thing that, that, that Maury said. There's anxiety, okay? And anxiety freezes people. We know that. But the anxiety comes from external judgment. And then there's one other element that I want to mention, and that is internal judgment, self-judgment. One mm-hmm. of the reasons that people hold back on this is because they don't think that they are good enough to do something. You get out on a dance floor and you say, well, I, I don't want to go on the dance floor if I can't be a great dancer. I don't want there to be other people that are dancing so much better than me and I'm just doing the basic little shimmy, shimmy move. You know, I, I, I don't want to do that. Well, why? That's you. You're, you no, one's gonna, no one else is judging. Now you're, you're self-judging. You're saying, I'm not good enough to be out there. Or I oh, want to yeah. be great or I'm not going to go. Same thing about if you take a, 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 a college class now or if you sign up to go back to school. Well, I could be, I, I, I'm going to get C's. You know, I don't remember the stuff. So what if you get a C? Yeah. You're not, you're not matriculating. You know, you maybe you just want to get a degree or you want to study. So what if you get a C? I want to take art classes, but other people, they draw so much better than I do. So what? It's not a competition, but you are the person. Now, this is not a case of they're going to think I'm no good. This is a case of you thinking you're no good. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. When you are down on yourself and you're saying, if I can't be really good at it, or I can't be as good as the other people are, or I'm not as young as I used to be, I'm not going to be able to do those moves out on the dance floor because every time I do, I hurt myself, or my legs Mm -hmm. don't go like that anymore. I don't want to play. I I love to play basketball. I've, I've played since I was a kid. Uh, but I noticed that uh, certain guys, they get to a certain age, they just don't want to go out there anymore. They, I, know, I know they used to love it. Basketball's a very free. You think of all the sports that you can play as a guy. That one you can do by yourself. You know, you can go out and you can shoot and you can dribble and you can make moves and all that. It's as close to dancing as, as some guys ever come. And it's, right. it really is a joyous experience to you know move around in a basketball court. It's very free-flowing. People have likened it to jazz music and all that. And... 
guys just give up on it because they can't make the moves that they used to make. Well, who can? Who can do what we yeah. used to do when we were 15? But is that a reason to stop yourself from, some, from the inner joy? So in that case, it's not outside judgment that is keeping you from inner joy. It's inside judgment that mm-hmm. is keeping you from inner joy. What are those things that you are doing that to yourself about? Ask yourself that. It's a very important thing to analyze. Now, why is it so important? Well, here's the final thing I want to share with you. Ironically, I told you that we started the play Tuesdays with Maury uh, about dancing and Maury dancing. And there was a reason for that because, as Maury will tell you here in this little snippet, it was actually dancing that notified him that something was wrong Mm. and that something was wrong actually turned out to be his death sentence listen to this little segment from our conversation so i thought well getting old then i saw difficulty in walking upstairs then i go on a dance floor and i stumble i used to love to dance Mm. When you, you went to dance floor and you stumbled, was there an actual time that that happened? Yeah, about a year or more before my diagnosis. Where were you? Diagnosis, a friend of mine was having a celebration of his wedding anniversary. We're here in Newton on the mm-hmm. church floor. Mm-hmm. Were you, was that one of your solo dancers, or did you actually have a partner uh, then? I had my wife. Uh-huh. My solo dancers, I never stumbled. so maury made a a joke you know he wasn't going to fall down when he was dancing by himself but he fell down while he was dancing with his wife and everybody at that event at that wedding anniversary everybody stopped and gathered around and said is he okay is he okay and he got back up and i'm all right i'm all right but he knew he wasn't all right there was no reason for him to keep falling down and that led to his doctor's visits, which led ultimately to his diagnosis of ALS, which led ultimately to his deathbed and ultimately to his passing. And so it was, I always look at dancing as do it while you can do it. Mm-hmm. You never know when your version of that story is going to come to your life. It may not be falling down, it may not be a neurological disorder, but it could be something else could be whatever. Let's not even get into what it could be. But something is going to eventually stop you from dancing, even if you want to. And when I say dancing, I don't just mean dancing here. I mean taking that class, studying art, going to the yoga thing, going to the beach. Something is going to come along in life eventually, if you live long enough, that is going to prohibit you from doing it, and then you're going to want to do it and then you're going to lament, I never got a chance to do it. Mm. While you had the chance to do it, you let the outside keep you from experiencing inner joy. Don't be that person. Dance. Dance freely. Find your dance floor. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks about it because we really don't know is that our last dance floor visit. I'm sure the last time that Maury went to dance free, he didn't know that it was the last time that he was going to go to dance free. And then he never got to go again. 
And his favorite picture of himself, and one that I put in the book, is, is a picture of him dancing. Looks like he's dancing all by himself. Eyes are closed. His hands are thrown up in the mm-hmm. air. And that should be a picture we all have. Maybe we're dancing. Maybe we're just singing. Maybe we're drawing. Maybe we're painting. Maybe we're expressing ourselves in some way, shape, or form. But we should all have that photo to look back on and not one of us sitting in a chair looking at everybody else out on the dance floor, chair dancing, as Lisa says, and saying, (laughs) I should have been out there. Get out there. Find your dance floor and get out there. That's the message for today. And we hope it inspires you as we look forward to Valentine's Day, the weather warming up eventually and uh, maybe the sun lifting on what's been a, a pretty dark, dark year in our American history. That's going to wrap it up for today's program. We thank you, as always, for joining us here on Tuesday People. You can find out more about all of our shows, get in on some of the discussion groups, get a history of what's going on in the past at wetuesdaypeople.com. Lisa Goitsch produces this program. A big thank you to her. And until we see you one more time, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs> <laughs>